Hey, you're on air with Ella, and today we are talking about getting much better sleep, about getting out of a slump, and about de-bloating. What more could you ask for? Let's go! Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better. Start now. Let's go. Hey, it's Ella. Wherever you are, I want you to sit up right now or stand up, depending on what you're doing. Sit up or stand up. Put your shoulders square over your hips. Chin up and breathe in through your nose really long. Ready? Really deeply. Okay, exhale. All right. Feel better? Shake it off? Okay, good. All right. We need to do that more. You're on air with Ella. And today we are answering three questions that you've asked me about that I have real, actionable, and new answers for. They are about getting quality sleep, steps I take to get out of a slump, that's real, and a secret that I've been sitting on for a while about why I don't bloat anymore. Yeah, you heard it here. So we are sleeping better, we are de-slumping, and we are de-bloating. You in? This is one of those episodes where I did a bunch of research and linking first. So the show notes for this episode will be chock chock full of resources. So every single thing that we talk about today will be linked in the show notes. Okay. So you can get those. There's a link in the show description, but everything is always at onairella.com. Okay. I should mention I'm traveling and I just brought my microphone with me, but the noise, the acoustics in here aren't perfect. So I'm sorry about that. But if it sounds a little bit different, that's why, but we're persevering. We're adapting. Okay. I want to talk about sleep. I am having trouble sleeping for the first time ever. And of course I've had seasons, right? I've had like acute trouble when I have a lot on or I'm stressed or I'm going through some kind of season, but I have never had chronic trouble sleeping until now, which is amazing. It kind of sucks because the quality and the quantity of sleep that you get, as you well know, impacts just every area of your entire life. And I have listened to countless podcasts and I've read the articles, et cetera, et cetera, on getting better sleep. And I know that I'm supposed to go blue light free and not look at a screen, right? An hour or two before bed. I know that people suggest taking baths, avoid alcohol, avoid caffeine afternoon. Like we, we know these things. It does not mean that we are doing all of these things, but we do know these things. And I'm going to add to that baseline. I would add things like making sure your temperature is correct. Obviously, you want to be sleeping in cooler temperatures. You want to make sure that there are not little lights all over your bedroom or coming in the windows, blackout drapes, our clutch, get your pillows right, etc., etc. We did an entire episode on sleep hygiene, which is actually much more fun than it sounds like. That episode was with Sean Stevenson, and I will link to that because it's a great baseline. It's a must listen as far as I'm concerned. But today, I really want to share a few new things that you said you're doing or that are working for me. So, So those are going to fall into one of three categories, either tools you can buy, actions you can take, or things you can ingest. Okay. So I will talk about them in those three categories. And before we start with tools you can buy, let me just say that I'm not a doctor, never have been. So bear that in mind. I am just sharing stories with you of things that work for me and things that you said worked for you. 
All right. When I asked you what is working for you and what your tips and tricks and tools are, one of you said a spare bedroom. (laughs) And I love that for you. With me, I am using an aura ring and I've started using that, I want to say about a year ago, and I'm not ready to advocate for them yet. I'm not ready to promote them to you, aura ring yet, because they're very expensive and now they're charging for the app as well. So there's a monthly subscription as well, which makes me a little bit sad. Now I do like the data. The data show how long you're sleeping, how long it took you to get to sleep, how many times you're waking up, what your HRV is overnight, et cetera, et cetera. And that's good. And it's driving some awareness for me. And if you want to talk more about it, let me know. Or if you love yours or hate yours, let me know that too. I just, I don't like recommending things to you until I love them or unless enough of you say that you love it and we want to try it. And that they're not there with me yet. So in any case, I don't use an alarm clock. This is a luxury of not having littles at home anymore. I don't have a school bus, you know, that I have to worry about anything like that. But I do like to get up by 6.30. So I like to get up at 6.20, 6.30 a.m. And if I'm really pressed and I have a lot to do and I want to make sure I have time to do it, then I'll get up at 5.30. But on the whole, I'm waking up at about 6.20, 6.30 a.m., And I have developed a rhythm where I don't need an alarm clock to do that. Now, obviously, I use my alarm clock if I have a flight to catch or something of that nature. But in general, I'm trying to, this sounds so funny, but I say what time I want to wake up. I say it when I go to sleep. (laughs) I set a waking intention and that works for me. And that works for me pretty consistently. And I think trying to establish or follow your natural rhythm is super, super helpful, but that's another conversation for another day. All right. When it comes to blacking out your room and again, cannot stress the importance of that enough. I will rely on Sean's episode to do that, but one very, very cheap way to do that, to help do that besides getting blackout curtains or something to go behind your drapes is to invest a few dollars in LED light blocking stickers. I'll give you an Amazon link for that. They're just a few bucks and these are just exactly what they sound like, little stickers that you can put all over those glowing things in your room. And you would be shocked to know how disruptive those are. So that is an easy, accessible trick. Here's one, and I'm not going to lie. I have not tried this. I know it's good for you. I know it's inexpensive. It's unsightly. (laughs) And that is mouth tape. What is mouth tape? Mouth tape is just what it sounds like. Mouth tape is lip-friendly, Easy apply, easy to remove tape that keeps your mouth shut while you sleep. And the truth is nasal breathing is infinitely better for you for better sleep than mouth breathing. You get more restorative sleep. It can reduce snoring. It can help mitigate sleep apnea. Like nasal breathing is clutch if you're trying to invest in better sleep. Hey, P.S. Spare bedroom, you could buy the mouth tape for your partner. That might help. But anyway, nasal breathing, there are so many ways in which nasal breathing is better for you and particularly at night. But one of the key reasons why that is much better for you and contributes to more restorative sleep is because when you breathe through your nose, you're releasing nitric oxide and that results in more oxygen circulating in your body. Now, I will link to an actual article so that you can deep dive into nasal breathing. But I actually did do an episode on this uh, in a good, bad, and yummy where we talk about why this is 
so critical during exercise, during daily activities, and then while sleeping. Mouth breathing does not effectively release nitric oxide, which means that your cells are not getting as much as much oxygen as they would if you're breathing through your nose, and that can lead to fatigue and stress. So for some of you, this mouth tape situation might be the tiny, cheap, accessible answer that you were looking for. And again, feel free to tape your partner's mouth shut. Like either one of those, whatever is going to get you a good night's sleep, we're here for it. I will link to that. And I don't care if you're interested in this or not. You absolutely have to look in the show notes or on Instagram. I'll put it in both places. You have to look at the ad that I found advertising mouth tape. It is so funny. It's a cute couple getting a very good night's sleep because both of their mouths are taped shut. It's, it's worth seeing. But I digress. Another cheap and easy thing that you can buy is a weighted sleep mask. Some of you are familiar with weighted blankets. I know people that swear by those. Weighted sleep masks. I have one. I've bought one for every member of my family and they're just slightly heavier and they rest on the face and they have little eye cutouts for your eyes that I don't mean eye cutouts because how would that be a sleep mask? (laughs) They have divots. I don't know how to say it. They don't smush your eyeballs. They don't rest. It does not rest right on your eyes. There is space cut out for your eyeballs inside the sleep mask, and they are not expensive, and I will share that with you. So if you have light coming into your room that you cannot control, or of course, when you're traveling, highly, highly recommend. All right, let's talk about some more expensive options. That's everything from a red light. I still have my Juve red light. I did an entire episode on that with the Juve founders, and it's a luxury. It's a very nice to have, and doing that for 12 minutes or so before bed is very, very relaxing and regulating. Another expensive option is a PEMF mat. Well, I, that is hard to say. PEMF, it's, it's pulsed electromagnetic field, which is harder to say, so let's go with PEMF mat. And those are expensive, but again, they help, they help in general with information inflammation and regulation. And if you would like a life hack on how to do that for free to some extent, here it is. Go outside, stand on the ground in your bare feet, and then you are using an electromagnetic field that we call earth and getting that grounding effect, which can also be extremely helpful. You've heard people talk about this when it comes to jet lag, but it's actually extremely helpful just day to day. So just humor me. If you're having a bunch of trouble sleeping or relaxing or turning your brain off at night before bed, go stand outside, put your feet on the earth. Shoes don't count because Most of them have rubber soles and they're blocking the benefits, but stand outside on the ground in bare feet for 10 minutes. Another inexpensive, but not as free as Mother Earth option is an acupressure mat. And these are, I want to say under $30 and they're basically a comfy bed of nails. (laughs) Trust me. And it's like a pillow with little prickly things on it. And when you lie down on it, it does not hurt at all. It is acupressure. They are not needles. And it creates a very beneficial relaxation effect. And it's also really good for back and neck pain relief. I will link to that. I have one here and I forget to use it before bed. And I'm going to drag that thing upstairs. Okay, so those are the tools, some actions that you can take. When I asked you, you gave me some great tips. You said, don't eat right before bed. I generally like to leave a four-hour window between dinner and bed. That's not always possible, obviously, but 
if I ever am in a circumstance where I have to eat and go to bed within, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, there's just no way I'm getting a good night's sleep. I'm sure you can relate, but you want to leave two hours and ideally uh, two to four is, is optimal. But again, this is, this is internet wisdom. Okay. Brought to you by your guru of health with a doctorate from Google university slash Instagram. Ella. All right. Not a doctor. Sex. One of you said sex helps you get to sleep. I mean, I don't, you could take that one of two ways. I'm going to take it very, very positively for you. Congratulations. Getting outside at sunrise and sunset. More power to you. That is awesome. 10 points if you do it barefoot. And then last but not least here, one of the critical actions that you can take to help you invest in better sleep is get a hormone panel done. Yes. I mean, a blood test. Your hormones have everything to do with how well you are sleeping. So if you're trying these other things and they are not working for you, please know that this just might be the secret. The hormone progesterone, for example, it not only triggers ovulation, but it promotes sleep. So if you're in perimenopause or postmenopausal and your progesterone has dipped, it could be chronically affecting your ability to fall asleep and to stay asleep. Now, you know enough about hormones to know that ratios matter. So this is not just about popping a progesterone supplement of some kind, but actually having a blood panel done so that you know where your estrogen levels are, where your progesterone levels are. And I think it's so, so, so helpful to do this when you're feeling great so that you have a baseline and then to continue to do it once or twice a year to watch those dials. I think this is such an important topic that I'm going to link to an entire article on this as well as some resources for you. So if you want to know more about the connection between hormones and sleep, just know that I will provide essentially a deep dive in the show notes on that one. Okay, let's turn our attention to things you can ingest. I asked you all what you take to help you sleep and some of you said edibles. Some of you said a little protein 30 minutes before bed. Quite a few references to different types of sleep sprays. I used to do a CBD and melatonin sleep spray. And then honestly, it just, it got so expensive. They actually raised the price on it. It was already expensive. So I got cheap and I backed out. But one of you recommended a sleep spray called Bach sleep spray that I'm going to link to because it is a hundred percent natural. It comprises, I think just six flowers and herbs. Anyway, it's available in lots and lots of places. So I'm going to try it. It's a homeopathic remedy. It's cheap, etc., etc. So I'll link to that. I'm going to try it myself and I will report back. But if you've ever heard of Bach, B-A-C-H, sleep spray, and you love it, let me know. All right, I'll link to that one. One thing I do take now, um, you've heard me talk about Mary Ruth's Organics. I take her liquid vitamins and some of her gummy vitamins. I like her gummies for sleep. So she has both a melatonin-free sleep gummy and a melatonin sleep gummy. And the melatonin-free sleep gummies I take much more often because melatonin's a hormone. You know that, right? Melatonin is the naturally occurring hormone that helps us sleep. And when you're having trouble sleeping, of course, uh, taking a small dose of melatonin is often recommended. But if I can live without it, I prefer to. So that's why I'm going to try that homeopathic spray. And I rely on these melatonin-free sleep gummies. But then if I'm traveling or if I'm super out of whack, I will definitely hit the melatonin gummies. But the melatonin-free one has chamomile, L-theanine, and 
lemon balm. Is it L-theanine or L-theanine? I actually have no idea, but that helps you sleep, helps promote sleep, and is widely available as well. Some of the other natural ingredients that you can look for in gummies, in supplements, in teas, lots of teas. Um, I'm going to link to a list of teas that help you sleep, but valerian root, lavender, chamomile, lemon balm, these are all natural ways of promoting sleep. But what I am using very recently and really, really like is ashwagandha. So you've heard about ashwagandha in different contexts, I'm sure. This is a powder from Banyan Botanicals, and I really, really trust that source. So I will link to that source specifically. And since I'm doing that, I should really ask them for a code, but I don't have one yet. If I get one, I'll let you know. But Banyan Botanicals, I really trust their quality. And I've been using their ashwagandha and making a little a little concoction each night. And it's just two ounces of warm water, half a teaspoon of ashwagandha powder, and half a teaspoon of honey. And oh, believe me, you need that honey. If you try this without honey, you are drinking dirty lake water. You add the honey and all of a sudden it's palatable and totally fine. It's actually rather startling. But in any case, I just started this about two weeks ago and my husband and I both take it 20 to 30 minutes before bed and oh my gosh, (laughs) it has helped so much. So I need to do a deep dive into why that's helping. But ashwagandha is an Ayurvedic remedy. It's mentioned in Ayurvedic medicine quite a bit. It's completely natural and I know almost nothing about it. So I will link to it. I will tell you that I'm using it with a very good results. It's not something I do know. It's not something you want to use 52 weeks a year. You want to cycle it, cycle on, cycle off. But that is what I'm absolutely loving right now. So my routine right now is ashwagandha every night that I remember to do that. And I will do that for about six weeks and then I'll take six weeks off. And then I do travel with Mary Ruth's organics gummies and that's either the melatonin free or the ones with melatonin in them. And sometimes just if I'm completely torqued up or I'm just worried about sleeping, I will absolutely take those when I'm at home as well. Okay. I hope that was useful for you, but there will be a very long list of resources in the show notes. If you are having trouble sleeping, let me just leave this question with this. It is fixable. Do not accept it as your new normal. Become a detective. Life is way too short to spend it sleep drunk. And all of the different ways that a lack of sleep impacts you, there's, it's so detrimental to your quality of life. I'm just begging you to get curious, to become a detective and start exploring. Try some of these tools. Tell me what's working for you. Tell me what's not. And yeah, can we sleep better? Let's talk about how to break out of a slump. And you know I love this topic because you know I love to be a slump buster. But have I ever really talked about how consistently I get into slumps? Have I shared that with you? Like, I feel like several days a month I'll feel that way. And then every once in a while, I might feel that way for three weeks. (laughs) So I am not slump-free. I'm not out here living a slump-free life. And I absolutely have... 
My dog just made the most foul sound, and I'm so sorry if you heard that, but I'm not re-recording. Okay, I want to talk about getting out of a slump because I think it's an incredibly natural cycle to participate in. If you're out there living on mountain peaks all the time, then I absolutely salute you, and I would like to know what supplements you're taking, but I personally ebb and flow and ebb and flow and ebb and flow, and for me, and I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess for you too, it takes intention. It takes deliberate action to get out of a slump. Very rarely do I just sort of naturally evolve out of it and say, oh, that happened. And here I am on the other side of it. For me, it absolutely takes deliberate action, making choices that give me energy to make more positive and energizing choices, right? To fuel a cycle that keeps me charged up, keeps me going. And I do not ever, even though I like to motivate, I like to uplift, I like to live a life that is an example of what is possible. If you think I'm doing that slump free, then I have misled you. I think to a large degree that positivity is actually a discipline. I think that bringing energy and vibrancy to a day is actually a choice. And let's also tell another truth. And that is that there are different types of slumps. I am not talking about depression with a capital D. I'm not qualified to speak on that. I don't suffer from that. I can't speak into that at all, really. And I'm also not talking about, you know, exhaustion. It's a different exhaustion for me when I'm busy and I'm doing things that I, you know, I actually enjoy. It hits me a lot harder, slumpiness, when I'm not doing enough of what lights me up. So it's the difference between being tired and fulfilled versus exhausted and empty. That is draining. So Again, I'm really talking about that exhaustion or that lethargy that comes from when I'm not doing enough of what lights me up. If you're just tired and fulfilled, that's a season. You know, we, we can talk about that another time. We certainly have talked about it, but that's about taking care of yourself. That's about eating right and fueling your body and getting enough sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's talk about what happens when you feel an apathy, a lethargy, and even possibly an emptiness. Now, there are a lot of directions we can take this, but today's focus is just going to be on brass tacks, on things you can actually do. So here in a word is my very simple plan for when I'm in those periods, you know, where I don't, I just honestly, I feel like a lump of something unpleasant. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but when I'm there, I start to question like my actual worth. What am I doing What have I actually accomplished in this life? What am I going to accomplish in this life? And I generally feel like it's like, you know, not much. And what am I even doing? And can you relate to that? Do you ever feel that way? So therefore, why should I do the next thing, right? And so it's a real sense of fuzziness about what to do next or what do I even enjoy? I don't even remember. Okay. So if If any of that is resonating with you, let me share with you the actual sort of three-part plan, what I actually do. And by the way, the first thing I do, this is not one of the steps, this is step zero, I allow for it. So I am not fighting it. I am not like, oh, here we go again, and I'm not criticizing myself, and I'm not self-flagellating. I actually allow it. Now, how long you allow slumpiness to take over your life, that part's up to you. For me, maybe it's one afternoon. Maybe it's three days. 
But then when I'm ready to make a change or I'm ready to interrupt the cycle or I don't want it to become a thing, then I do these three things. The first thing I do is I name it. I call it what it is. Part of the reason I do that is because when you name a thing, when you drag it into the light, it diminishes. It doesn't feel like it has dominion over you. So in this case, when I feel this coming on, I name it. That's step number one. And then number two is I try to identify why. And by the way, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. It just allows me to sit with it for a moment and be like, okay, I'm feeling this coming on, or I've allowed this to come on, you know, for a day or two. What am I doing? Why am I feeling this way? And I call it what it is. And then I kind of explore why I'm feeling that way, right? Maybe I just finished a very big event. Maybe I had friends in town and now they're not in town anymore. Maybe uh, you delivered on something really big and then there's that sort of anti-climax after. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Maybe you are coming home to an empty house for whatever reason. Then there are, of course, all the obvious big rocks like grief or loss or emotional struggles. Naming it and articulating why is where I start. And then the third thing, then I act with intention. And I'm going to break that down and share some of the ways that I act with intention. My whole point here is that when I'm starting to feel this very natural thing that we're calling a slump, I believe it requires intention to get out of it. So for me, what that looks like is being really intentional about walking before I start my workday and walking after dinner, both. And for lots of reasons. One is it's just incredibly good for you. It's great for your heart rate. It's great for your hormonal balance. But I'm not out there thinking about my hormonal balance. I got to be honest with you. I'm just out there breathing in fresh air and walking and I get to see trees where I live. So that makes me happy. I get to see water where I live. So that makes me happy. But being outside and moving my body, walking before work and after dinner are two things I'm extremely intentional about. Another thing, and I'm sorry, this sounds a little cheap, but honest to God, getting fully dressed, like pants with a zipper, <laughs> okay. I don't want to brag, but sometimes I put on pants with a zipper, um, you know, fixing my hair, untying it out of that knot and actually fixing it, maybe putting on a hint of makeup that you get the idea, getting fully dressed and owning my physical self after some kind of movement, typically just, I, I, again, it feels like such a low hanging fruit and it feels like kind of a cheap tactic to throw at you, but honest to God, it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. And our outer state can be such a reflection of our inner state, but the thing that I just have to be honest with you is your outer state can also impact your inner state. So throw yourself a bone. Plus, look at you. You're gorgeous. All right. Another thing that I do in this, this requires like a hint of vulnerability sometimes, but I cast a net. I throw out invitations to coffee, to dinner, to some kind of event that's coming up, to hosting a game night. That's an example. That's hypothetical. I've literally never done that. Um, game night? I don't, who am I? I don't know how to do that. But I would go to a game night if you want to invite me. But anyway, I'll cast a net, so to speak, to my professional network locally or to my neighbors or to a good friend I haven't seen in a while. But I will cast a net, and that's how I want you to think of it, and I will scoop up whoever's available. And that is an excuse to get out of my house, maybe, but to get out of my head, 
Yes. And companionship and conversation and coffee, they can go a long way to helping you bust out a slump. So be willing to cast a net and be willing for people to say, sorry, I can't. And be willing to feel that feeling, but cast a net and see what you catch. Um, look, declutter. Act with intention and declutter. Depression with a small d. Depression loves a mess. Loves a mess. Thrives in a mess. It is so weirdly liberating to declutter, to tidy up that space you've been avoiding, to quite literally let the light in. Try it. This is all in addition to the baseline. You need to be sleeping. You need to be eating something that resembles decent food. You need to be cognizant of what you're drinking. Those are all baseline stuff. But if you find yourself in a slump, I want you to try my three-pronged plan, and that is to name it, spend a moment on why, and then act with intention. What works for you? Let me hear from you. This is a topic that will never, ever, ever get old. Okay, the third question was, you used to talk about, (laughs) you used to talk about being bloated a lot. (laughs) That's true. Do you talk about it less because you fixed it? If you did, how did you fix it? All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. First of all, you're right. I did talk about it a lot. Secondly, I kind of fixed it. And I haven't really shared with you, haven't really shared with you the things I think helped me fix it. I don't have direct proof of this, but there's heavy correlation, if not causation. And I'll share with you a couple of things. First of all, as it turns out, binge eating contributes to bloating. So when I dropped that habit, that behavior, it's been years now, several, like five, five years now. Um, yeah, oddly, I don't seem to suffer from as much of a bloating problem. Weird, right? Probably a coincidence. But that's not the whole story, not by any means. Um, I definitely still react to certain foods, like I'm sure you do too. And, you know, as you start to pay attention to them, I don't avoid them. I just don't freak out when there are consequences. So for me, like I love cauliflower. Am I going to look four months Am I going to look four months pregnant after I enjoy cauliflower? Yes, I am. Am I going to stop eating cauliflower? No, I am not. Um, when I'm not in my head about it, it just becomes, um, you know, just no big deal. And it's not like some sort of extremely painful, uncomfortable situation. And for people who it is, of course, that is an entirely different story. I'm just talking about bloating related to what you eat, to the amount of stress you're under, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that plagued me for absolute years. So yeah, one of it was kind of a letting go of expectations and not always expecting to have like an eight pack at all times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've been able to let that go just a little bit. And the second thing that I've done that I've been gatekeeping a little bit and have not shared with you is I is uh, the punchline is probiotics. Okay. So I actually found two probiotics that work really, really, really well for me. And one of them I discovered about two years ago. And then one was more recent. Um, and I actually learned about it on the air with you. So I'll share about that. And then I'll, I'll tell you why I've been sitting on it just a little bit. So, um, here's a fun fact. Did you know that if probiotics are working for you, you should be able to tell? 
because that literally never occurred to me. I was taking this supplement and that probiotic and this and that, and I had no idea if something was working or not. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how you're going to know if your supplement is working, um, except in extreme cases, unless you're getting blood tests taken. Like That's how you're going to know if supplements are helping. Um, but probiotics, you ought to be able to tell if probiotics are working for you or not. I started taking a soil-based probiotic by a company called Mountain Herbs. And no, I don't have a discount. And no, I don't have an affiliate code. But yes, I'm going to promote the hell out of them because their probiotic helped me enormously. And then... I interviewed Dr. Bill Davis. If you recall that episode, he is the author of the Wheat Belly series, but I interviewed him last season. So it wasn't that long ago. And we talked about a missing strain of bacteria that we've sort of evolved out of with the state of our food supply, et cetera. And that bacteria is called L. Reuter. L. Reuteri. We actually talked about that on that episode. And he was developing a probiotic with L. Reuteri in it. And he markets it as a beauty supplement because apparently taking this probiotic is also meant to help with skin health very, very much so. And that's their whole, that's their angle. I think it's called gut to glow or something. But I was able to be a part of their test group after that interview and test their product before it was available on the market. So that's why I didn't mention it at the time because how obnoxious would that be, right? And I loved it. And I noticed very positive impact. And then it occurred to me that I have not been bloated. This is so embarrassing. (laughs) I have not been bloated for months. I'm going to post on LinkedIn about it. But I just like kind of had a duh moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are actually working. I didn't know that these things would work. And I would actually know that. But anyway, Oxysudix is the company that makes this. And I did get a discount from them because I told them, you know, I partnered up with them in their beta, in their trial. And, and I was like, okay, I am loving this, but it is spendy. Let me tell you, the mountain herb soil-based probiotic is not cheap, but the Oxysudix one is top shelf, top, top shelf, tippy, tippy top. So I did get a discount code from them. So it should help some. I'll put the link in the show notes, but they have a 20% discount for subscribe and save. And then Ella15, that code will give you an additional 15% off. So this should result in a 35% savings for you, which will help. But just know that it is it is toward the higher end. Also, did you know, you've heard about hyaluronic acid for, do you love it when I pronounce things slowly? <laughs> hyaluronic acid. You've seen that in lotions, in moisturizers, but I did not know, and I feel silly saying this because apparently this is widely known, but I did not know that that was also ingestible. And so they actually have hyaluronic acid as a major component in this probiotic. So you should be glowing. I don't know. I think I might've already been glowing. So I don't know how much it's helping with my skin, but let me tell you something. It is helping with my tummy. So yeah, I was kind of sitting on both of those for a couple of reasons. One is I really wanted to try the Oxysudix product for a while before I mentioned it to you. And secondly, neither of these is inexpensive. So, you know, but I'll link to both of those. All right, that's it for today. That was sleep, that was de-slumping, and that was de-bloating, and I hope you got something out of this that you can use. 
Every single thing I talk about and more is linked in the show notes. Okay. So I'll see you over at onairella.com or on Instagram. Hit me up there. Tell me what's working for you. Tell me what other questions you want to cover. And I will mix up this season with both interviews and solo shows that are dedicated exclusively to what you want to hear. How about that? And if you don't like it, you get your money back. All right. I love you. I hope you're doing fantastic. I hope you sit back up straight. I hope you take a deep, deep breath through your nose. I hope you blow it out. (laughs) And I hope you have a good day. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or get the show notes and links at onairella.com. There's no with. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.